interesting. But today I'm going to read to you a hadith, very important one. It's it's uh, not a hadith we could say, but it's a a statement from a weak narration from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. وَرُوِي عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَنْ جِبْرِيلٍ It's been narrated from the Prophet ﷺ from Jibreel, from Allah, Hadith Qudsi. أَنَّهُ قَالَ That he said, يَا مُوسَى خَمْسُ كَرِمَاتٍ خَتَمْتُ بِهِنَّ التَّوْرَةِ Five words, in other words, words of advice, not just words, words of advice. A kalima, the word kalima in the Arabic language could also refer to like a speech or a piece of advice. Not just a single word. Five things I've closed the Torah with. فَإِنْ عَمَلْتَ بِهَا أَوْ عَمَلْتَ بِهَا بِهِنَّ نَفَعَكَ عِلْمُ التَّوْرَةِ If you act upon this, the knowledge of the Torah will have benefited you. وَإِنْ لَمْ تَعْمَلْ بِهِنَّ لَمْ يَنْفَعَكَ عِلْمُ التَّوْرَةِ And if you don't, you don't act upon this, then you haven't benefited from the knowledge of the Torah. Now, how would a prophet not benefit from the knowledge of the Torah? Anytime that Allah Ta'ala speaks, to his messenger or to his prophet in his book, it's really a speech to his ummah. So he's speaking to the leader, but it really applies to everyone else, even though the leader, of course, he's immune from it. There's no way that Sayyidina Musa cannot benefit from the Torah. Of course, he's benefiting from the Torah, but it's a word for his followers at the same time. So the first one, Ya Musa, كُنْ وَاثِقًا بِرِزْقِ الْمَضْمُونَ لَكْ مَا لَمْ تَرَى Oh Musa, as long as you see, I have warehouses of 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 uh, 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 warehouses of chazain. Chazain is warehouses. That's all it says. As long as I have the warehouses of of benefit of things, then be certain of my risk for you. Then, in other words, um, you're going to receive wealth. You're going to receive what you need in life. As long as you understand, look at look at what's going on around you. How many deers are eating? How many lions are eating? How many elephants are drinking water? How many birds are as Allah feeding? So why would you worry about Allah feeding you? All of this goes back to not uh, treating things based upon your understanding of things, but rather based upon Allah's power. Not your power, but Allah's power. You see how much Allah is feeding, how many birds Allah is feeding, how many people are eating, how many animals are eating, all this stuff. Why are you worried now about your own self, your own little stomach? That's it? That's what you're worried about? When Allah Ta'ala has fed all these elephants with their huge stomachs and all these other animals are eating and all these other people are eating. So as long as you see that my warehouses are full, then be rest assured that you also will eat. Okay. Your rizq is guaranteed. So it's wonderful, like, it's all relative, right? I need money. How much money? Relative to what? Look at how much Allah has. Look at how much Allah has been feeding people. How much wealth is going around the world. So what little you need is going to be easy for Allah to fulfill. Secondly, Ya Musa, لا تخافن سلطان الأرض ما لم ترى سلطاني زائلا. Oh Musa, is my control over everything going away? Do you see like Allah losing control? If you don't see me losing control of the world and the universe, then why are you afraid of another sultan? Why would you be afraid of another king? 
Don't fear any kings of the earth as long as you see Allah Ta'ala in control. Right? Do you see that the moon is doing its own thing now? You see that the sun is coming up when it feels like, sleeping in, being late. You see the sun doing uh, any of these things? You see the moon doing that stuff? You see the stars doing that stuff? Right? Everyone's behaving perfectly. All the creation is behaving perfectly. You see the lions, have, for example, they all of a sudden become vegetarians and the zebras start eating meat and the honeys start producing vinegar instead of honey. The bees. So everything is, do, is, is perfect. Cats, they still chase mice. Okay. Dogs, they still protect you. Cats, they still clean their litter. Everything's being exactly what it's supposed to be. The Sultan of Allah Ta'ala is unquestioned. If Allah's monarchy over the control over the world is unquestioned, then don't worry about any other Sultan on the earth. Have no fear of anybody else on the earth. Okay. Third, Ya Musa, La tajassas an aybi ahadin ma lam takhlu min al-ayub. Don't spy and look for the faults of others as long as you yourself have flaws. You got your own flaws, so why would you humiliate others for their flaws? And by the way, there is a difference. There is a difference. Number one is that when people do sins in public, in public, you are allowed to mention that. You don't, he, he, he himself isn't afraid of it. And you are allowed to mention the sins that people do or the wrongs that people do in public. You are allowed to mention that in the name of protecting other people. So if I, for example, somebody worked for me, for example, he worked for me on a job or he came to the masjid and he acted all crazy. I'm allowed to now go to the next masjid over, beware of this person. He's acting all crazy. But if I have somebody come up to me and say, hey, listen, I need to have a private meeting. I have an addiction. Okay, I can't stop smoking marijuana or something like that. Then I have to keep that secret. So there has to have fiqh of what you have to keep secret and what you're allowed to disclose to others. So, But this one is about people's secret sins. That's why he says don't spy on the sins of people. Don't try to find the sins of people and then humiliate them. You yourself have sins. You want to be humiliated? Yeah. Fourth. Ya Musa, la tada'anna muharabata shaytani ma dama ruhuka fi jasadik. O human being, O Musa, never leave off waging war on shaitan as long as your soul is in your body. Remember, the Muslim and the mu'mineen, our relationship must be afu with them. Afu. There must be a relationship of forgiveness and uh, unless they're traitors, open traitors. That means that they supported the enemy against us. Then they're munafiqeen. They're traitors, and we wage war on them. But the sh certain things Allah Ta'ala has told us, you have to have animosity towards them forever. It never changes. Even the non-believer who fights you, and you fight them back, there can be a time where you win them over, as the Prophet Sallallahu did. He won them over, right? So, but one relationship is forever will be animosity, and Allah is telling him, you take them as an enemy permanently, and that is shaitan and everything he influences. 
Shaitan and everything he influences. He is always an enemy. Never trust him. The whole thing about in uh, Lord of the Rings, Gollum is like a Shaitan figure type. He will always try to get sympathy from you, right? He gets sympathy from you uh, when he's weak. And then he wages, uh, he attacks you when he's strong. That type of figure was, was symbolized a lot of different things. Symbolized the nefs, but also symbolized shaitan. Never let your guard down from Iblis. Okay. And know his tricks. Study Iblis. You have to study Iblis. We, need to, we should probably do a series of streams on all the tricks of Iblis. And, and, and Ibn al-Jawzi has a book on this. He has a tr- book on all the tricks of Iblis. It's, we sh- we got to read this next. You have to understand the tricks of Iblis. Because one of the things Iblis uses, one of his favorite things to wreak havoc is a little bit of religious knowledge. A lot benefits you. A little bit, it messes you up. Okay. A little bit of misplaced religious knowledge. So there's a lot of tricks of Iblis. Tr- messing up your priorities is a trick of Iblis. Making you an extremist is a trick of Iblis. Making you procrastinate is, is one of the tricks of Iblis. You must know him. You must study your enemy all the time. You must know Iblis, and you must wage war on him. How do you wage war on Iblis? By knowledge, dhikr, and suhba. Three simple things. Al-ilm, wa dhikr, wa suhba. And the dhikr, the more it is loud and together, it is tardan li shaytan. As Sayyidina Umar was asked by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Oh, Umar, I passed by you at night, and I found you reciting your qiyam al-layl extremely loud. And oh, Abu Bakr, I come upon you and you pray your Qiyam al-Layl extremely silently. So, Omar, why do you pray so loud? He said, to expel shaitan and to wake up the sleeper. He said, Abu Bakr, why do you pray so silently? He says, it's a private munajah with Allah and so I don't disrupt the sleeper. Two different perspectives. The Prophet said, Omar, decrease your voice a little bit. Abu Bakr, raise your voice a little bit. So that's the dhikr that's loud is tardan shaitan expelling shaitan. And, but there is one shaitan that never gets expelled from you, which is your qareen. You have a, every one of us has a qareen, which is protected from your adhkar. This qareen is protected. This qareen is somebody that um, is, a, is a jinn. His job is to lead you astray, and they're protected from your dhikr. As a result of that qareen, you can only fight him with knowledge can only fight this qareen with knowledge all right and so that's why it's knowledge thirdly prophet said one person by himself shaitan is the second two by themselves shaitan is the third three by themselves shaitan has no power over them so once you get a group you're stronger fourth and we said that muharabat is shaitan fifth yeah musa la ta'man iqabi walaw ra'ayta nafsaka fil jannah Oh Musa, don't ever be secure with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always be on guard of doing the right thing and that the wrong can come to you and that your nafs can come out. Okay? Don't ever trust your nafs. Don't ever trust your nafs. Right? Your nafs will play tricks on you. Why? Because the nafs always is created with certain desires. So be very aware of your ego and that the punishment of Allah ta'ala can come to anybody. There's no one above punishment, okay, except the messengers. 
And anytime that you see in the Quran that Allah Ta'ala is saying like a threat to the to a messenger, it's a threat to his ummah. It's not to the messenger, it's to his ummah. So what Surah uh, Al-Ma'arij has such a threat. Surah Al-Haqqa. And so you have to realize that the, the, the false sense of security is the downfall of a mu'min. That's what it's called, the false sense of security. Never have a false sense of security when it comes to your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always be on guard. Right? If you had an employee, no matter how good he was, you would not want him to have this false sense of security that Khalas, I'm, I, I've done an amazing job. I'm untouchable. Nobody is untouchable. وَقَالَ يَا أَخِي إِيَّاكَ أَن تُعَيِّرَ أَحَدًا بِمَا فِيهِ فَإِنِّي أَخْشَى أَنْ يَبْتَلِيَكَ اللَّهُ وَيُعَافِيهِ وَلَا تَسْتُرْ عَلَى الْفَاجِرِ الظَّاهِرِ فُجُورُهُ وَلَا عَلَى مَنْ لَا يَسْتَتِرُ بِالْمَعْصِيَةِ وَيَعْلَنُ بِهَا وَيُعْلِنُ بِهَا He says Now this is advice age old advice never look down on anybody because of a flaw that they have, because I fear that Allah Ta'ala will test you with it and cure the other from it. Don't, don't look down on people for the flaw that they have. Because Allah can switch places. Okay? Allah can switch your places. However, if someone is public about his sins, don't, don't hide his sins. He's public about it. This person is a cancer for society. You don't hide the sins of someone who does sins in public. Why are you protecting them? Why are you befriending them? Why, why are, what's, what's with you and them? Someone public in their sins, you don't guard them. They're public about it. He wants to be like this. You need to, people need to be protected from them. So you have to understand that when people speak about others, the question is, were they public or are they trying to keep it secret? That's the question. If they were public, then speech about them is permitted as a warning to others. Spread it. So if someone's sinning in public and everyone's protecting them, what's going to change them? What's going to... But in the opposite, if everyone's speaking against it and speaking about it, if he doesn't fear Allah, maybe he fears societal pressure. And that's a good type of peer pressure. Right? Maybe societal pressure is what's something that is, is going to move him right, to, to change his ways. That's a good peer pressure. He doesn't guard his sins. And a mu'min, if he has sins, he covers his sins. Qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La yura umru'un min akhihi awra Fayasturuha alayhi la yara However, if your brother, they, he has a sin, or he's exposed something that he was trying to hide, and you hide it, except that Allah Ta'ala will enter you in Jannah. Okay. So if the person's trying to hide their sins, but Allah exposed it to you specifically, hide it for him. Abu Bakr was asked, what if you see two people committing zina? And like they're, there's they could be seen. He said, "I cover them up, so they don't corrupt the society." And and they they were trying to hide themselves, but they failed at hiding themselves. Allah exposed them to me. 
I cover them up because they were trying to hide themselves. Whoever removes a hardship from a mu'min, Allah Ta'ala removes a hardship from him. This is narrated through Abu Huraira in Sunan <coughs> Abi Dawood and Ibn Majah. Listen to this beautiful story of Abu Hanifa. Abu Hanifa was living next to, he had a neighbor, and between them was a thin wall. And this neighbor, he had a problem. He was a young man, he used to drink, to drink khamr. But he used to bring the drink inside his house, and he would drink all night, and he would sing the blues to himself. Apparently he was sad about something. And he would sing the blues, and he would say, and he said, سَأُنْشِدُهُمْ إِذَا مَا هُمْ جَفَوْنِي he would sing this line of poetry over and over and over, right? He said, I call upon them that they left me. In other words, all my friends, you you abandoned me, right? And you left me to be, and who have you left to be, right? You left me to be all alone by myself. In other words, he's singing the blues about his friends who abandoned him. And Abu Hanifa, he's interesting that, uh, the boy keeps saying this line of poetry. Here's Abu Hanifa working on his books and working on fiqh. And here's this young man singing the blues. And Abu Hanifa, it's like keeping him company. Even though he's drunk in the other room, he's keeping him company, right? One night, Lam Abu Hanifa One night he didn't hear this man's blues. This young man. When it came for Salat al-Subh, when it came for Fajr, he asked about him. It was said, oh, the police got him because he was drunk in public. He was drinking makhmuran. He was drinking in public. So he's in jail now. So when Abu Hanifa prayed, he went straight to the house of the, the officer, the chief of police. And he took permission. And he said, I'm Abu Hanifa. Now, the man came out with no head covering and no shoes. It's early in the morning. He kissed the hand of Abu Hanifa. Oh, it's Abu Hanifa's here. He kissed the hand of Abu Hanifa. And he said, He said, I'm here about my neighbor. That person that you collected for public drunkenness, that's my neighbor. Okay. And the man said, Ya Sayyidi, He said, just for you, you visiting us, I'll send him home. You know, y'all put him in your care. And everyone else who was with him going to jail that night. So they all were released on the count of Abu Hanifa. So Abu Hanifa went to the jail, picked up the boy, the youth, and they were walking home together. Then Abu Hanifa said, now, did I abandon you? You sing this blues all the time. You sing this song all the time. They abandoned me and all my friends left me. He said, did I abandon you? Or did we fulfill your rights as a neighbor? Okay, because you keep saying, right? They abandoned me, and, and what kind of what youth did they abandon, or what person did they abandon? The man said, La wallahi, lam No, you, you, you never abandoned me, right? And you protected me. Jazakallah khairan. You're a great neighbor. 
and now I'll begin my tawbah for the sake of Allah. So by Allah, I begin my tawbah from now. Look how gentle these awliya were. These are the real fuqaha. Look how gentle they were with sinners. Subhanallah al-imam. The story continues. He kept the company of the imam. Wherever Abu Hanif would go, he would go. Wherever Abu Hanif would pray, he would pray. Sit in the circle, he'd sit in the circle. And he worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until he became, until his death. Al-yaqeen means until he dies. Right? So this is in Tariq Baghdad. It's in the famous book, uh, Tariq Baghdad. Right? Um, it's one of the books that has a lot of uh, stories about Abu Hanifa, but the author was a Shafi'i who didn't agree with Abu Hanifa's usul. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ya Abu Huraira, in ahbabta an yushfi laka Allahu thana al-hasan al-jameel fi dunya wal-akhira, who here would like to be praised, to be praised in this life and the next? Well, listen up. Because of Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in a hadith of Daylami, Daylami, in Musnad al-Firdaus, and other books, he's saying, oh Abu Hurairah, do you want to be, would you love to be praised in this life and the next? Have good relations with the Muslims. Have good relations. In other words, it actually, to be accurate, it says, don't speak ill of the Muslims. In other words, have a good relationship with your ummah. Speak, don't speak ill of the ummah. That's what he's saying. Next hadith. مَا صَامَ مَنْ ضَلَّ يَأْكُلُ لُحُومَ النَّاسِ رواه okay. ابن أبي شيبة in his musnad and Dawood al-Tayalisi in his musnad. You're not fasting truly if you keep backbiting people. Keep backbiting people. قال سعيد بن عامر عن النبي من دعا رجلا بغير اسمه لعنته الملائكة. When you call people by names that they don't like, the curse, the angels curse you. Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إن العبد يعطي كتابه يوم القيامة فيرى فيه حسنات ولم يكن عمل بها قط. A person will be given their book of deeds on the day of judgment. And he sees good deeds that he never did. And he asks, Ya Rab, min ayna hadhil hasanat? Where are all these credits from? And these good deeds? I never did them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the people backbited you, so you were given their worth of the backbite in the form of good deeds, the compensation. You, were t- you took their good deeds. The value of what they backbited you, Allah has given it a value. So he went and found from their good deeds that value, put it in his book. So that means a man gave $10,000 in charity, but then he backbited somebody. And Allah has valued that backbiting to be $10,000 of sadaqah. That's the value of that backbiting. So Allah took his $10,000 of sadaqah and put it, he wakes up, he goes to the Yom Al-Qiyam and he sees he gave $10,000 of sadaqah on this day at that moment. But he didn't do that. It was at that time, at that moment, that he was backbited the value of that. And so he receives those good deeds. Hatim al-Asam says, Three things, if they're present in a gathering, the mercy does goes away. Number one, non-stop talking of dunya. Dunya, dunya, dunya. Number one, too much laughter. 
too much laughter and backbiting on people guarantee if that's in a message get up excuse yourself go to the bathroom call somebody get on a text do something choke make yourself you need water leave start uh coughing so you need fresh air or something like that now, namima is just talking about people, even if it's not backed by, if, even if it's not what they don't like. It's just, we're talking about somebody, but even if that person, like, they don't, they wouldn't mind. For example, I start telling you the news of all my neighbors and the news of the masjid, but it's not something that has any value to you or me. It's just gossip. Even if it's not bad about somebody, but it's it changes the hearts. Why? Because you're putting all your focus on the creation now. Right. And it causes people to hate one another. And even it could lead to war and bloodshed. Constantly talking about people. The Prophet was asked about ghiba. What is it? To mention your brother in a flaw that's in him while he's absent from you. And if you mention him in what is not in him, then that's buhtan. Hadith Muslim. Sahih Muslim. Buhtan, that's calumny. Which is even worse. Ten times worse. وقال صلى الله عليه وسلم شر عباد الله المشاؤون بالنميمة the worst of people the walking with the backbiting and the gossip and نميمة المفرقون بين الأحبة in a way that it separates between people you come to someone that is a friend of mine and you start talking about them and you separate between us you're the one of the worst people لا يدخل الجنة قتات such a person they don't enter paradise this is Hadith Bukhari and Muslim وقال صلى الله عليه وسلم من مشى بين اثنين بالنميمة سلط الله عليه نارا في قبره whoever separates between two people Allah puts a fire in his heart uh, in his grave تحرقه إلى يوم القيامة it's, he's going to get burned from it until the day of judgment why? he burned a relationship right? didn't you burn a relationship? didn't you burn a friend that I had? now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you get that back in your grave وحيةً and in the day of judgment, he's gonna and, and in his grave there will be a snake, a snake that bites at him. Why? Because that's him. You were that snake that coming in saying one word to this person, then go and say another word to that person. Lo and behold, next thing you know it, that person is suspicious of that person. They don't like each other anymore, and they have a fitna. Why? Because of someone walking around with nimima. All right. And this also takes place on social media too. It's not just everything that can be done with the tongue can be done with the pen. Right? Message about this person here, message about that person there, and all of a sudden they hate each other. Anything that can be done with the tongue can be done with the pen. No difference. Namima makes hearts hate each other. Okay. Whoever faces you, now 
he backbiting you on the he faces you with it, it's like cursing you. If he backbite to you, he'll backbite about you. Means he's transmitting to you other people's news. Guess what? You're also his customer. He's gonna he's gonna take your subject matter, you're his content matter. He's gonna take from your information and tell other people about it. He's a backbiter. He's you're not special, you're not on his list. Wallahi Radim, I've had three or four shiuch that are colleagues of mine. And they're like maybe advanced students of knowledge. And they would call me and gossip about shiuch, right? Gossip, Islamic gossip. About all the da'wah, what's happening here, what's happening there. But no value. It's not like I'm not going to work with those people. I'm not asking for a reference. And I would get really sick in my stomach. Because I would think, like, this person, it's the middle of the day. Are you free for this? Do you have time for this? And we're gossiping about other shiuch? It, I would get sick to my stomach because one day I'm going to be your subject matter, right? One, like, if that person, who I used to respect, and you're coming bringing gossip to me about him, right? Well, what, well who's to say one day I'm not going to be your subject matter to somebody else? So those, those relationships, I always make sure they're short-lived relationships. Right. I don't want to get involved with your drama and your juicy gossip. Okay. Because one day I'm well, you're gonna run out of subject matter, you're gonna bite on me now. Right? You're gonna eat up at me. And it's true, it did happen in that this person, they're drama queens. They just happen to love knowledge at the same time and dawah may Allah ta'ala, you know, cure them from their drama queen status. But but that they are nothing less than drama queens. Get back onto the Instagram here. For some reason, it closed down. It's drama queens. Okay. Oh, too bad. My Instagram has um, refreshed. I can't see all the comments that were being put before. If you had a comment that you wanna that you wanted to put, just put it again on Instagram because my for some reason my iPad it refreshed. Right. So uh, when it refreshed, all of your comments of the past um up to now we're gone so if you want to put any question that you had you can just put it again oh yeah they told me oh this is sexist for saying drama queens it's just an expression doesn't mean that uh women are more drama uh, backbiters than men even though uh they may have that reputation i don't know if that's the case there are some men who really love to backbite too right so they love to, to talk shop there is the only value of talking shop. That's good. Talking shop is a fine thing. Talking shop means the industry, what's going on in the industry, right? That you work in. So let's say you're in, let's say the legal industry. It's not, it's not backbiting to talk about the, the, the news related to that industry. Like, oh, so-and-so he was doing marketing for that law firm. They, that didn't work out. So he's actually moved on. If you want to hire him, you can hire him. Uh, or so-and-so has had a fitna with that community. So be careful. If you ever work with them, be careful because there are some issues there. And by the way, when you miss so-and-so and so-and-so, -and -so, they have an issue. So when you're talking to him, don't bring up so-and-so's name. He's going to get really upset. So what we're talking about is things that have a benefit because we're in a business here. We're in an industry. That was what we call talking shop. And that's okay. Because you're not necessarily, you're just saying the news. It's the news of what's happening in your field of business. Not in people's personal lives. That's what the, the big difference is. You say, oh, guess what? Well, my neighbor, the police called the neighbor because their garbage was out too long. 
and the neighbors complained, so the police came and blah blah blah. That's you don't have that's not your business. There's no benefit there, right? So where there's benefit in an industry, that's allowed. But all that other type of gossip for, for no reason, it's just gossip. Be careful because you're gonna be next. Okay. They said that it nullifies the reward. He means here it nullifies the reward of fasting. And it nullifies the reward and the value of wudu. Because wudu is a protection from shaitan. But now you're backbiting. You're inviting shaitan. Right? You're inviting the shaitan. In. And there Asma'i said, I saw a Bedouin woman who was full of wisdom. She's giving her son some advice. Ya bunayya, amnahuka wasiyati billah wa billahi tawfiq. I give you the gift of this this wisdom, and the tawfiq is from Allah. Fiyaka wa namima, beware of backbiting. Fiinna tuulithul adawa bina alahlin. It results in animosity between family members. But to ferriku bina muhibbin, and it separates between those who love one another. Wiyaka wa ta'arudil ayub, and beware of looking at people's flaws. Then you will become a recipient of those flaws. You love looking at someone's flaws, you'll get that flaw yourself one day. Give out, but don't give your deen. You don't sacrifice deen. Deen is not something you give away. Okay? And stinginess with your wealth. Now the wealth is the opposite. You're supposed to give that out and preserve your deen. Not the opposite. وَمَثِّلْ لِنَفْسَكَ مِثَالًا مِنْ غَيْرِكَ فَمَا اسْتَحْسَنْتَهُ مِنَ النَّاسِ فَفْعَلْهُ Take examples from other people. What you love from other people, do it yourself. وَمَا اسْتَقْبَحْتَهُ مِنْهُمْ فَاجْتَنِبْهُ And what you hate from other people, avoid it yourself. Okay? Avoid it yourself. فَإِنَّ الْمَرْأَ لَا يَرَى عَيْبَ نَفْسِهِ Because you never see your own flaws. So what? look at other people. And Allah may send you somebody who has your flaw. And you don't like it, then avoid it in, in yourself. You don't like seeing people get angry, maybe you get angry. So you yourself shouldn't get angry, right? You like people being gentle, then you yourself be gentle. Okay. That she's uh, Asma'i said, she stopped there, but I said, keep going, keep going. She said, oh son, beware of betrayal and abandonment don't abandon your friends don't betray people it's the worst way to deal with people is to betray betray them and abandon them combine between being knowledgeable and being generous and be humble and have modesty and i leave your affair to allah all right some some beautiful advice here Subhanallah. I think we'll pause, we'll stop here. We've done about a half hour, right, Ryan? Forty minutes. Okay, let's stop here, and then inshallah ta'ala we will go to our Q and A. Now, again, there was a lot of people talking. I stopped seeing comments and comments and comments on the Instagram, but for some reason, all the uh, comment my Instagram on the iPad it refreshed, so I, I don't have any of your questions anymore. All right, so 
next tt ansari is up what if someone wrongs you when you're venting to a person there is value to that okay there is in a sense sometimes there's value to that but when is the question when why do i say that there's value in that there was a man who kept abusing his neighbor in the time of the prophet the victim he came to the prophet and people tried to advise this man and the man was stubbornly stubbornly he kept abusing his neighbor when the prophet saw that advice didn't benefit him um meet inter you know mediators didn't benefit nothing is stopping this person then the prophet used public shame against the person he said take all of your belongings put it outside in front of your house right at the edge of the street when people ask you what's going on tell him he's abusing me and tell them the story so the prophet used the concept of getting public attention and then directing it to the cause that you want to direct it to but when is the question after the person has shown a stubbornness in doing this, persistence in abusing you, you should not do this. You should not, um, you don't need to do this right away. But after the person's been stubborn. What if someone wants to talk about their problems with you? Do you have to keep people anonymous? And on the conversation, can you give benefit of the doubt to the person being talked about? Our job here is always to try to keep uh, relations together and de-escalate de the situation now people may come to you and they want to escalate the situation like they want blood it is technically it's our job not to go there it's our job to sympathize with their pains but not to inflame i'm not much of a counselor to be honest with you but but the sharia tells us this right that don't inflame between two muslims but sympathize sympathize with one but don't inflame giving benefit of doubts is good keeping people's names if it's a private feud then the names better are better to be kept out zana says is it okay to talk about someone in the sense that you want uh, advice in how to respond or handle their behavior which may be negative behavior so we ask a friend for advice if that person is repetitive in that and stubborn if it's a one-off don't ruin the reputation on one mistake what if someone speaks about their problems about someone to you and you give the benefit of the doubt about that person and you say, I'll try to resolve the issue and talk to the other person? It's all simply about trying to bring Jamaz together as opposed to away from each other. This How, is, I have a question. Yeah. Is this one of the <clears throat> cases where lying is permissible? 100%. Lying is actually permissible in the case of... Um, in, the, in the case of people who are at odds with each other we're actually allowed to lie bring them together what does that look like like it could be like to any extent yeah. um like it should be it should be an extent that doesn't backfire so for example something simple like oh by the way someone said uh, someone says their son right that's okay someone sends their son something that's not gonna backfire because if it does then you it's no point something light that will not backfire against you how do you stop feeling jealous says Isra towards siblings for what they deem to be unwarranted parental affection and the feeling that they aren't getting equal attention and affection it's really the mom's problem if the mom or dad has favoritism 
They can't control what's in their heart, but they can't control their actions. So every parent may, for example, love one kid more than the other. Because some kids look like you, they act like you, so you love them more than the one that doesn't, right? But that's in your heart. You have to keep it in your heart. What your words utter and what your hands and your body does and what the way you smile and everything and the way you come down hard on people, if you have kids, they have to be equal. It's really the mom's problem, right? Not the sibling's problem. And But how do you handle it? See, both sides are victims now because if a parent was unjust, both sides are victims because one is not receiving the same attention and affection and the other is now getting hesitated for it, right? So that's the problem with the mom or the dad. Caitlin says, you said on the call with HBAS yesterday, it's allowed to put a time on asking a lot if there's a need, if there is a need, if there is a need, right? And I think that it is permissible for somebody to say, um, it is permissible for someone to say, oh, Allah, give me a sign, uh, and make it quick. But I wouldn't put a time unless a time was put on you. You don't put a time unless that time was put on you. So a job gave you a deadline. That, it's not your fault. You didn't choose that. So that that's what you're allowed to say, oh, Allah, before the deadline. But if it's there, there's no deadline, you could just say generally, ajil. In other words, make it quick. Make it quick. The job of the Qareen is to misguide you. Yes, that's correct. Do we have anything to counter out that negative influence? Al-ilm. Al-ilm wal-jama'ah. As-sunnah wal-jama'ah. Essentially. So the Qareen, he's immune from your dhikr. His job is to misguide you. Your solution will be knowledge, keep the company of scholars, and keep the company of the Muslims. Ice Muslims. Keep their company. Always stay with them. We ask Allah Ta'ala to let us live and die with the jama'ah and in the masajid and in humility to the scholars. Right? Because they have studied. They spend their time studying. Studying is not easy. So that's the solution. Is knowledge and the jama'ah. They will neutralize your qareen. Three qareen questions. Go ahead. Who are they from? Uh, Maryam Sheikh says, what is the qareen? What is the Qareen? She said the Qareen is, Qareen literally means um, something that's attached. So every one of us has been assigned a jinn, a shaitan al-jinn. And that shaitan al-jinn, he has a protection. Your dhikr, he's immune to it. He doesn't get burned by your dhikr. Every other shaitan is burned by dhikr, but your Qareen is not. So your Qareen, he whispers to you harm. And, and then he goes back to Iblis and he reports what he whispered to you. And so the biggest, the most important goal that they have is to sow seeds of doubt. Doubt in Allah and doubt in Iman. And the way that they do this, okay, is the way that they do this is by getting you in trouble. For example, a divorce is something that causes a lot of heartbreak for people and their Iman shakes up sometimes. I've seen it so many times, especially amongst converts. Because that's like the main Islamic relationship that they have. Their parents may not be Muslim, right? So they get they go into they have a divorce. They have such a trauma, right, that they even start moving away from Islam completely. Especially if she's a convert and he's a born Muslim. So he represents Islam and husbandry at the same time. So once that breaks, sometimes the Islam goes with it. 
So you have to be very mindful of the tricks of Iblis because he uses fitna amongst people to destroy your iman. Very well known. Yeah. <clears throat> Does the Qareem become imprisoned during Ramadan? Does is the Qareen imprisoned during Ramadan? And the answer to that is yes. All of the shayateen are imprisoned in the month of Ramadan. Um, what happens to the Qareen after we die? What happens to your Qareen after you die? I think they're cycled out. They go get another assignment. Right. And the jinns also die, right? So eventually they uh, they would die too. Rosie Chloe said, what's the name of this of the wide leaf plant behind you? What is this? A money tree? I think it's a money plant. They call it a money plant. Hanif is Saluk. What if you are warning from an individual that's a mujassim and he keeps spreading his belief? You have to do that. You have to warn against someone who does public sins. Someone who's doing damage to the community in public, you must warn about it. You're not allowed to hide this. I'm, I remember one time, subhanAllah, someone who had, does not have fiqh, he does not have fiqh, okay? He knows a guy. That guy goes, proposes to a woman. He knows very well that this guy is a mizwaj type. You know what the word mizwaj is? Mizwaj is the type of person, married, divorce, married, divorce, married, divorce. He doesn't keep one woman forever. Or even, who knows if he even intends it. This guy is one of those types. He's got, he marries for three, four, five months, divorce. Right? He got a secret wife over there. Another one tucked in over there. Right? In Morocco somewhere. Well, she doesn't have uh, access to, she'll never be known. Then go divorce her by text message, marry another woman. He lives like that, right? He goes, proposes to this woman and this family, and they're into the marriage, and they're engaged, and they fall into it. And he marries her, and within a few months, finish with her, dumps her off, right? And that guy knew. Their friend knew about this. He said, I, I didn't want to tell you because you guys were so in love. I thought, I can't tell you. You have to warn people of what may harm them in something that is known publicly, okay? This guy was so bad, but he's, he, he's an imam, by the way, right? He's so bad. When he, oh, when he does marriage therapy, that's where he does his, his picks women off. Because, yeah, uh, a, a, a woman called, oh, you're the sheikh, I have an issue with my husband. Next thing he knows, he increased the division and married her. Unbelievable. And the, and the parents were like, you're getting played, girl. You're getting played, daughter. Wake up. No, she's like, halas, she's in love. And then guess what happens? Six, seven, eight months, boom, you're done with two. Mizwaj. Okay, this is what's called mizwaj. Then he, the Hanif says, I warn people that this guy is a mujassim, and he says, you're backbiting. He's a jahid. He's not backbiting. If someone is a public preacher of something wrong, and you warn about him, that's not backbiting. Backbiting is to say he has a big nose. He's ugly. That's backbiting. But he's promoting this on the internet and be warned of him. That's not backbiting. Does the Qareen stay with you after you die? No. Once you, once you die, you're, the time of test is over. Brian, what do you have? 
All right, we have a scenario. Okay. How to deal with a person from the wife's family that is addicted to talk and scream. Like since that person wakes up, he talks and talks, bothering everything. Mm. Brian, could you check out what uh, Instagram saying here? Yeah. Okay, so this person saying that uh, they have a family member that talks and screams all the time. Hey Ryan, why are some of these questions um, blacked out? You did you do that if if you use it? So some of these questions are blacked out. It's in black. Hmm. What do they want? Help us confirm that you own this account. Send us security. Oh, can you hit the X? Because my phone is in the car. Just hit the X. Oh, oh, shit. oh man. That stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> Now they want us to log in again? Yeah. All right. All right. Let's log in. YouTubers, just give us some time because we... we. Why were they doing this to us? You have your email over here? Oh, I have the email. I can open up email here if you want. Wait, it starts with the R and ends with an R. Email? Yeah. That's you, Ryan Gillenhammer. Uh, right? <laughs> he said that chlorine logged you out <laughs> yeah i think that's what happened i think that's definitely what happened all right youtubers just be patient with us for a second here uh, hey, I'll answer YouTube questions in the meantime. All right, so YouTubers. So Hevawan says, is there any difference of opinion regarding the Qareem being in prison during Ramadan? Yeah, I think there is some difference of opinion. Okay. I don't think that's my email. Like, why would my email be on your Instagram? That's a good question. And it's know. not coming up. What else has an R? Um, registrar. Yeah. Registrar. That's if you decided that ORG. Right? Yeah. But we don't have that. Can they send a text? <laughs> what? Can they send a text? A text to your phone? Yeah, but my I, I left my phone downstairs in the car. Yeah. My flip. The day I didn't bring my flip up. All right. Well, I'll just answer you two questions then. Uh, the Instagram is frozen for some reason. It's um, We, we talked so much about this, these Iblises. Maybe they, they played around. Sayyid Abrarullah al Husseini. Okay. Um, oh, that's not a question. That's just Salah on the Prophet. Sunshine says, what if someone keeps complaining about the past and how they were not treated fairly? Time passed and they are now living a different life. Every time this incident comes up, I feel we are backbiting others. How to help others move on and avoid thinking of these incidents. Yeah, that's people stuck in the past is a really bad thing to be stuck in the past. Um, I think that at some point, they have to be told, hey, you're stuck in the past. Everyone moved on. You need an, an intervention here. Everyone's moved on, right? Except you. And you're still on and on and on about this stuff. Uh, uh, anyone else want to pitch in? You can help out and, and tell uh, Sunshine, you know, what, what your advice would be. Sometimes I think the advice should simply sim uh, be, listen, everyone has moved on except you. Okay. Let's see. Next question. Sayyid Muhammad Daniel 
Okay. He had a question, said Muhammad Daniel. Uh, okay. So what do these people want? They want the code? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Eight eight five six nineteen. Eight eight five six nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Sayyid Muhammad Daniel says, how to deal with a person from wife's family addicted to talking and screaming. Okay. Like since the person wakes up, he talks and talks and talks and talks. Okay. Bothering your prayer or recitation of the Holy Quran. Go away from them. Go to a different room. That's good. All right, thank you, Ryan, for uh, fixing that situation. What would we do without this, brother? We wouldn't have a live stream. By the way, since uh, we are now opening the question and answer, uh, hit us up on patreon.com backslash Safina Society. Um, alhamdulillah, all this stuff uh, is something that, um, you know, uh, it takes a lot of time and effort. So hit us up there. Also, Check out meccabooks.com and professors121.com and also myarcview.org for our classes and everything. And you can be part of our organization. Okay. So Instagram is back up. Thank you very much. And for what poor, what's his name? Muhammad Daniel has a <laughs> terrible uh, family member. We got to his just, question twice and then it paused too. What we got to his question, read his question. Oh, yeah, twice, no. so it's a really <laughs> big buildup. <laughs> Poor guy, he has a family member that talks too much. Step, step out of the room, get yourself out of the physical space of that person if you can. Right? Imam Madik, um, when he was asked about a man, he said he's a great, he has great character, but he talks the talk of a month in a single day. Right? So, people who talk too much and they yell and scream, get yourself out of, out of that company right go somewhere else go to another room you, you have to be in control of your body right there's no such thing as i have to be here you're an adult you are in control of your body no one can control your body for you so um yeah maybe the Karins did mess around with our instagram as uh, some people are joking and saying oh yeah there is a difference of opinion some saying the Karin does not get locked up but only the other some other shayateen get locked up and allah knows best um this is a short week we only have three streams this week and then we're off for the last 10 nights last 10 nights we're just completely focusing on ibad and i hope everyone does that too but we will probably we may broadcast the adhkar of the evening on nbic's uh, uh instagram or uh, uh, uh nbic's youtube or you could just join the zoom station uh so um the zoom link so keep that keep that on uh, 
go to mbic.org and you'll see the things that we're doing and it'll be on mbic.org if we choose to to broadcast them producer extraordinaire you're being called mashallah yeah so have is i mean he's in the he's in the entertainment business that's why he knows so much he like half the things that he's doing here is from him all right the saracen says teaching young children how to pray eight and ten they fidget they jostle should i set the example of stillness and khushua or should i correct them during the prayer hold them still and i would say that that's all fine and good for age four five six even four and five and six and seven i would start saying stay still it's only two rakas it's only three rakas stay still stop moving around okay respect the salah here's something if you teach people to respect something that's the foundation for them to love it they cannot love a thing that they see that they're allowed to disrespect that's truly my belief okay that's truly my belief right you have to respect something you cannot cannot allow this disrespect of the mushaf of the quran of the salah of the deen you see someone praying you have to lower your voice okay you're in salah you don't move okay you dress properly you don't come just like a slob to salah you have to respect this thing if you teach people to respect it then they can love it but if you just are so afraid that they're not going to love it you're on the wrong track in my opinion that's my personal opinion okay will you be streaming in the morning fajr athkar yes fajr athkar is on last 10 nights no doubt about it fajr athkar and that short talk that's on the mbic channel in the last 10 nights okay we are doing that okay so i i'm a, i'm all about um that you have to respect it first okay and respect i think is a greater emotion even right like do you people people go to the opera i mean I'm, i've never been to the opera or any of these things but from what you see they're sitting like this watching the opera nobody would dare you wouldn't even dare sneeze in the opera you wouldn't even think about you wouldn't get close with your baby coming and making noise and screaming and stuff like that in the opera right the the people in the opera they can't care what you love it whether you love us or not you're going to respect this operation right so i actually find there's so much so much more power in teaching people to respect the sacred have respect for the sacred then love can grow out of that as opposed to just be so afraid that they're not going to love it that we don't say anything to them and by the way kids they're flexible their mind is flexible they might be upset for a moment that you you know said something that they don't like or maybe even scolded them they'll forget about it later on these people sometimes i think are too sensitive that the kids are going to be full of resentment it's not the case i think they understand that they they're being set straight which is fine would you uh explain says shanzaliz she says could you explain the concept of muhtarikul so what is muhtarikul this must be something in desi that i don't understand i don't understand what muhtarikul is
All right, so I have emailed to ask. I don't receive acknowledgement email for sponsoring an iftar. Um, is that to MBIC, Maham? If it is, then I will follow up for you. I will, Maham, uh, on YouTube, I will follow up for you. How to discern, say what? says it means owner of all. Owner of all. That is Allah's attribute. Right? That's Allah's attribute. Owner of all. Is that what they mean? Or the owner of the highest rank of creation? That's the attribute of the Prophet. Al-Maqam al-Mahud. Noah Yohannes says, by the way, Noah's coming. I knew that one. He's visiting. I think Friday. Oh. You're going to miss him. Yeah. I think it's coming Friday morning. Yep. How do you discern between intrusive thoughts and maqareen? Intrusive thoughts are the same, right? It, uh, usually, if it's from your nafs, it's usually the same thought. And if it's from shaitan, it's usually a new thought. That's one perspective. Another approach to it is that a shahwa, a desire from yourself. If it's a doubt about aqidah and deen, like doubts about Allah, doubts about the Quran, doubts about the Prophet, that's from shaitan. Or it begins from shaitan. Because by nature, the human being just wants their desires fulfilled. Right? It's these, these inquisitive thoughts, the theological thoughts, um, sowing doubts about them, that's from shaitan. So that's, Ghazali talks about thoughts and he said, that which is a passion is from yourself. That which is about a good deed is from an angel. That which is doubt about Allah and his messenger is from shaitan. And that which is certainty about Allah and his messenger, that's from Allah. And the, the one that is from Allah cannot be resisted. In other words, when you feel that certainty in the deen and trust and iman and yaqeen, that's from Allah Ta'ala and it settles in your heart. Everything else, it comes into your mind. You can expel it or you can accept it. Sayyid Muhammad Daniel says, this person is so loud, his noise reaches my room. Now, I have to ask you a question. Do you work and live on your own? Because if you do, you have the right to move out. Okay? You do have the right to move out. And you have the right to move on with your life. Sharia has given us rights for a reason. We should use them. Okay. Uh, Champs-Élysées. Oh, Champs-Élysées. The French road. That's what it's, her name is. Or that's what she... It's, it's the Champs-Élysées. Okay. The the French, that, that main road. You know about this, Brian? The main yeah. road in France? <clears throat> oh, okay. The Champs-Élysées. It's a main path. and A uh, main road, highway. Not a highway. It's, it's like... Um, one of these roads where all the famous stores are there. And I think at the end, there's the famous arch in France. So she's named after that. Uh, they use it for the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he has authority over makhluk, but some people say it's shirk. Well, we know the dua of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is accepted. So from that aspect, maybe. I don't, I don't know what, they're, what they mean by that, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's like Champs-Élysées is like Saks Fifth Avenue, basically. 
it's like one it's a main corridor in france for tourists to come and shop and 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 pay for uh, it used to be oxford street it used to be really nice when i got there it's starting to get trashy i don't know the status of oxford street right now but uh that's it's like that basically Saks fifth avenue for example so that's the champs elysees anyway Eunice was asking about um Book recommendations. Book recommendations. For Sira. Sira and Sahaba. Book recommendations for the Sira, the Sultan of Hearts, is really good. And for the companions, Men Around the Messenger is a good starter. It's a contemporary work. It's two volumes. And it gives you like a nice two to three page, um, two to three page biography. Right, Ryan, you read from that book. I read from that book. It's really simple. And then I also got this three-volume, ten-book com compilation called Hayat al-Sahaba. Okay, Hayat al-Sahaba is by category. So it'll go on like asceticism, and then it'll give you all the things about asceticism of this prophet, of, of the Sahaba, or or uh, their whatever quality, generosity, all this. So it's by um, not by biography, but by the qualities. All right, Sayyid Muhammad Daniel, we're, we're walking him through this. He says, I'm about to leave the country because I'm completely fed up. Khalas, he's leaving the whole country, not just the house, the whole country, because he works and he studies. Khalas, you, remember, you have completely control over your body. You have the right to do this. Allah has given you this right so that you don't face a pressure that you can't handle. Isra says, can we give kafara to Safina society? Safi inside itself does not accept it, kafara. Um, it will not accept it because kafara has to go to a Muslim and our wealth, uh, our, our, our program goes to non-Muslims. However, there is a school that we help out. But you would have to get me that, communicate with that with me because I can't, I am able to get that money over. You'd have to communicate with me and I could tell you exactly where the money's going. There's a school in Egypt where they feed poor Muslim kids. So they teach fiqh, they teach Qur'an, okay? It's in the guise of a Qur'an school because that's what's legal, but upstairs they teach aqidah and fiqh, and they feed the kids. They feed about a 1,000 kids in the month of Ramadan, poor kids coming in. And, and I have the videos, I have everything. And, um, and, and if you communicate with me, I can get that money over. I could be, basically be the middleman and send you the receipt that the money arrived. Zakah, Kafara, Fidya, etc. Can you write the name of the book in the comments? Sultan of Hearts. This is on Instagram. Sultan of Hearts. And then the other one is Men Around the Messenger. Okay. And you know exactly where to get it at. And you know where to get it from. MeccaBooks.com. All right, what else do we got, Ryan? You have something? Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, this is a pretty blunt question. Okay. <clears throat> what about backbiting kafir, bid'i, and cruel leader? Backbiting a kafir, a bid'i, and a cruel leader. No, I don't think that we would go that route. Um, only what their kufr is. Right? Only what they're, what they're, what they're doing wrong in the society. Because, yeah, only what they're doing wrong in the society. Wallahu ta'ala Adam, right? Allah Adam, if there's another opinion about that. But a kafir, a bid'i, 
a enemy of Islam. That's what we're talking about here when we say the word kafir. Um, what's public about them? What they release in public and what their kufr is. That's Wallahu Adam. But that's what I think. And that's what I've seen from the Salihin. Caitlin says, is there any truth to smelling a sweet scent out of nowhere meaning something special? Yeah, I've, I've heard from the Odiyah they say that. That they smell a sweet scent. And that is something from the unseen. It's a type of mukashafa, an unveiling, but of the olfactory senses. Aqil Muhammad 22 has joined. By the way, Aqil, you got a package. Yeah, Aqil got an HMM package. Your Eid clothes is here, Aqil. Your HM package is here. Uh, because Akil used to be one of the guys who lives in this Dawah Center, and he still gets packages here. So I guess that's maybe that's his Eid clothes. Or maybe it's something else that he could wrap his man bun in. Right? MashaAllah. MashaAllah, that man bun. Okay, what else we have here? All right. Can, should, yeah. Should we refrain from speaking ill of politicians? Politicians? If not necessary. Should we refrain from speaking ill of politicians? You're allowed to speak about what they do. That's harm, harmful to the community. Okay. You're allowed to do that. If this, if they're spreading harm, you're allowed to mention it. But there comes a point where it's just negative energy. It's useless talk. So it's not that they have some kind of sanctity to them, but it's just useless after a while. Like we know that they're bad. We know that they're it's 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 trash what they're doing. So there's it's almost at a point of of, of waste of time. Uh, Safi says, um, what about holding the mushaf during tarawih? You're allowed to recite from the mushaf if you're alone or you're the imam. But if the imam is reciting, you're not allowed to follow along. You have, because you have no need. Can we speak about issues about people within our family? Again, it all goes back to the simple question of benefits and harms. All about benefits and harms. That if there is a benefit in bringing up, let's say, someone in the family has a serious problem and we need to do an intervention, then if there's a benefit there. But if it's just venting for the sake of it, then, then no. It's about are you benefiting the person in that or are you harming them? I close my eyes while it, uh, it praying. It helps me focus. Feel good. Is it okay? It's makruh. Why? Because we only pray the way the Messenger wasallam prayed. The Prophet never prayed with his eyes closed. So it's makruh. Discouraged and Allah is not worshipped with the makruh. We don't worship Allah intentionally doing makruh. Your prayer will be valid, but it is makruh. The only time you're allowed to do that is, is when... Um, there's something haram in front of you. So if you're praying in public, I'm sure those Times Square tarawih had to shut their eyes a couple times. Ismail Abdullah says, why does the Quran speak about mankind and jinn but not animals? Because animals, they don't have a moral conscience. They don't have morals. There's no morality test to them. There's no test of morality to animals. They're not mukallaf. They're just being as they are. And Allah does mention them. Showing that there are qualities. For example, he mentions the ant. So it, it should trigger us or stir in us some curiosity about the ant. 
it mentions the bees. So it should trigger some curiosity for us on the value of bees. What's what, Why would Allah mention them over other things? He mentions the, the gnat, the mosquito, I mean. He mentions the mosquito. He mentions other things like that. And so that's enough for us to go look at them. But to speak at length on them, there was no reason. They're not mukallaf. They're not responsible moral creatures. The humans and the jinn are. All right. Um, does doing hajj forgive? Titi Ansari says, all of our debts owed to Allah, missed fast prayers, etc. No. Hajj forgives all sins. You must believe that. Contrary to the insane clip of someone who I think, you know, I used to really listen to, but he's gone so off the deep end, unfortunately, that you should not listen to him anymore. Um, now, if I say his name, everyone's going to go listen to him, right? <laughs> <laughs> so let me just keep it at that. But he says that Hajj does not forgive sins and that this was just an Umayyad lie so that political assassins could feel not guilty about what they do. What an insane theory, right? What a ridiculous theory that he's saying. The entire Ummah knows that Hajj forgives sins. So what's the point of doing it then? Just to get, just what was the point? Salah forgives the sins between each prayer, the minor sins. Ramadan forgives the minor sins and some of the major sins too, if you make a sincere tawbah, right? From year to year, from the whole year to the whole year. Jum'ah from week to week. And Hajj for the lifetime, right? For entire lifetime. But no, not debts. So if you owe Salah, you still owe Salah. If you owe Zakah, CM, or you owe people money, or you owe kafara, you still owe those. It does not wipe away your debts. Okay. There was a question from the freeze. He says, is it fine to do excessive dhikr? Where do we find the sweet spot? You are allowed, There's no such thing as excessive dhikr. There is simply something which is foregoing other responsibilities. For example, you wouldn't be doing dhikr to the point that you're abandoning your kids and you're not teaching them. That would we would consider that it's the dhikr is not excessive, but your priorities are not right. You wouldn't be doing ibadah all the time and then leaving the community and you're not supporting the community in any way, shape, and form. You you can't be dead weight. You need to help out. So uh, there's no excess in dhikr. There's there is no excess. There is simply not fulfilling your your other duties, and that's where sometimes you would have to put your ibadah down and go help out. And you should believe that that's greater, right? Allah's worship the way He wants to be worshipped, not the way we want to worship. Oh, we'd love to sit all day and recite the Quran, right, and not worry about anything. But no, there's 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 mashakir, there's problems in the society, there's problems in the community, there's people who need help, right? There's family that needs financial support. So there's all these other responsibilities, and you fit in your ibadah in that. So that's what you have to 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 think about, Ryan. What do you have? All right, two questions. Mm -hmm. Someone's asking if they don't have any ahl sunnah uh, masajid around, and they have some young kids. How how are you going to get them close to Islam? Where you're scared of bringing them to the masjid is going to feed them the wrong aqidah. There are some towns, according to this brother, that he's saying basically that there's no ahl sunnah in the town. There's like one or two masajid, and they're not upon ahl sunnah. What do we do? And I don't want to mix with those people, he's saying. Well, move. Yeah. 
What's more important, your job that you have now or your kids that you're so worried about their deen? Well, let's say he retorts, he says, Shit, my parents are here, I take care of them, take them with you. They refuse. Okay, if they refuse, then you can move a little bit and go back and forth. If they're, if they're independent, they're telling you they're independent. But Allah says about the parents that it is almost their right if they want to come in and move in with their kid because they're old, he's responsible to do that. If they want to be independent, he's independent. He can be independent all day if they want to be independent. But I would say start thinking about moving. I don't see how any Muslim could live in this world without a community. You're going to be eaten up. Right? Shaitan will just surround you and eat you up. You've got to have a community. Okay? Um, in the meantime, you can go and be part of their, maybe their social events, maybe. But then if there are a, people of maybe that you don't trust in their deen, you don't want to even be friends with them, then you I really think you should move. But of course, people moving, it's a very, very complicated and difficult, and there's so many factors. I understand that. But why not think about it? Uh, Ridwan says, or RVD1, says, what's the best way to focus on Salah? is to think about the greatness of the one before for whom you stand. That's the best one. Think about the generosity, the giving, the power of the one before whom you are standing. Ryan? How do you tell elders to stop gossiping without being disrespectful? How do you tell elders to stop gossiping without being disrespectful? Sayyidina Imam al-Ghazali, he says, we don't, give, we don't command right and forbid wrong to our elders. So you just walk away, you try to get out of it in some way, shape, and form without making them feel that you're forbidding them from wrong. Caitlin says, what's the significance of repeating things 40 times or 313 times? Well, if it's from the Prophet wasallam, Imam al-Haddad says, when the Prophet says 100, it, it's a, it's a, it means 100, a round number. But if he says a specific odd number, like 33, 33, 33, then stick to the number. There's some secret to it that we don't know. In the same way that there's milligrams when you take medicine. You're supposed to take only this amount of milligrams. All right, only this amount. Two pills, not three. 500 milligrams, not 600. Right, so you have to respect that. Now, when a sheikh says that, it's an ijtihad from himself based upon some um, reason that he come up with that number. And it's not the same as if the Prophet said it. Khalad White says, Khala White says, can I please know who we should not listen to so that I'm sure I'm not listening to that person, please? To be honest with you, uh, Khalid Abu Fadl, I think he's gone off the deep end. No offense, but I like I like the personality of the man. I really like the man. But his saying that Hajj is not does not forgive all sins. I'm sorry, that's that's just gone too far, right? That hajj is something that does not forgive all sins. Every Muslim, there's ijma' upon this. Probably ijma' across Sunnis and Shi'is upon this, right? Probably around Sunnis and Shi'is and Khawarij and Ibadis who are branch of Khawarij. And probably the modernists too, right? I mean... There's definitely ijma' upon There's a hadith upon this. You can't tell me that Bukhari and Muslim and all these people were just domineered by the authoritative figures. Then why, we, why wouldn't we say that? Because that's his theory, that all the early scholars of hadith were dominated by the Umayyad will, 
the will of the Umayyad Caliphate or the Umayyad monarchy uh, to, to invent such hadiths. Well, then why don't we say that your analysis is also uh, bending to the dominant culture? So, yeah, we don't have a dominant dictator, for example, today, but Western culture is dominant. The, the culture is dominating, right? Liberal culture is dominating over this. So why don't we blame your ideas on that and say your ideas are also just a reflection that you're dominated by a greater culture. It's an insane theory. It doesn't even need a discussion. But that's what I'm bringing up here because it is out in public. I, I really do like the personality of the man, to be honest with you. He loved the dean. He talked so much about the dean. But this is not acceptable, right? This kind of statement. I'm sorry to say that. Right? And it's that they made up hadiths about forgiveness of sins. All the hadiths about forgiveness of sins was made up, were made up so that the Umayyads could tell political assassins, go kill so-and-so, go do so-and-so, and your sins will be forgiven. How many people, how many sinners in the world are political assassins, right? Uh, give me a thousand sinners, you won't find a single political assassin, right? There's, what percentage of the population is political assassins? Most sinners are sinners, regular sinners, like regular people like us, right? And these hadiths came for our mercy, from forgiveness, right? Not for political assassination. I mean, it's a far-off theory. Again, uh, you know, I wish them all the best, but that, that, that theory is not, it's not right. And I have respect for the elders. He's, he's an older Muslim. He lived in New Jersey at some period of time. Okay. He even used to come to MBIC before I was got there, right? When it was still a little uh, storefront on Remsen Avenue. And I have a lot of respect sometimes for his political views too. I agree with his political views on the Emirates, for example. I'm in total agreement with him on the Emirates. Okay. But on something like this, I have to say the answer is no. What advice would you give a brother who is scared to pray for goodness because he read that when God wants good for someone, he tries them. The brother is scared of the pain and difficulty. Well, there's a lot of other wonderful benefits to being a person of taqwa and wilaya, such as your dua is answered, right? Your dua is answered. And you should have a husn al billah. When Allah tests somebody, he tests them with what will benefit him, with something that will benefit him, and Allah can make the test easy. It's Just because it's a test does not mean it's going to be painful. Maybe partially painful. But there are some ways in which Allah Ta'ala makes hardship easy. And all that hardship is something that you need to go through in order for you to benefit, in order for you to rise up, and for your prayers to be accepted, for your dreams to come true. For your dreams to come true, things have to happen. Some of these things are too difficult. If your iman increases, you can handle it. So it's for your benefit. And it's part of your increase. Okay? It's part of your benefit. It's part of your increase. And it doesn't have to be very painful. Uh, I'm sorry, Ryan. Could you hit this button? I don't know what is going on with the Instagram today. We limit how often you can use Instagram. Oh, I know, I know why. Because I posted Israel stuff, that's why. Okay. Because I posted Israel stuff, that's why they're causing trouble. They're going to keep doing this. 
we're gonna probably have to close off instagram soon because i posted something about israel that's why idf do we need to make intention before each qadat prayer yes you need to that prayer has to be done with an intention All right, one more question from Ryan. All right, this is from my, my dear Bo Amr. Mm -hmm. He's asking, if we're not allowed to give advice to elders, what about the story of Ibrahim and his father? Well, yeah, he, he that was number one. But look at the adab that he had in telling that story. You, It's not that you're not allowed, right? He's calling him to Islam. That's different from forbidding wrong, commanding right and forbidding wrong. But look at, if, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it with that adab, that great sensitivity. Okay, one more question I'm going to take from Shahida before I close down on Instagram because because I posted something about the IDF. Does the women's fit class by Sister Hada have one fixed schedule? I checked if it clashes with my other courses. If I want to join, are there any accommodations or is it always Sunday 9 a.m.? Well, all the classes are, are recorded and you will have access to talk to Sister Hada on WhatsApp to ask her questions. And no, her, her class usually does, you know, slightly change from semester to semester. Will Rasulullah make specific du'a for us if we ask him to? Is sending salawat the best way to request for him to make du'a for us? Um, many of the automats say that the answer is yes. Such as Sheikh Abdul Aziz al-Khatib and his father. He narrates stories about his father and istighatha with the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah, ultimately Allah knows best. But if you want to convey a message to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam that is is a dua oh allah convey this message to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam you're making a dua to allah for that and why because we had the sahabi one time say oh allah convey to the messenger my salam and and allah and sayna jibril did convey salam uh, to the messenger so um there is room for that Okay, so we have to close, unfortunately, because Instagram is going to probably give us a headache for the next few days just because, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, he's got to protect his people, essentially. And I, check out the picture that I put, though, that is an old Arab man sitting like a king with no concern in the world with the IDF walking with their guns, right, in front of him. All right, Ryan, you have any questions? Any final things? Uh, Menzi asked me to address her question, which I'll do that in a second. Let me go find her question. Menzi. Menzi 20. Let me go back. Murad, how's it going? Good, good. What's happening? Almost done from Allah, subhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Last 10 days, this starts this Thursday night. Hey, Menzi, could you put your question in? I don't see it. Could you just uh, co copy and paste it? Or type it in again? Yeah, Menzi, I need you to put your question in again. Menzi 20. That's it. We'll just wait for that. And in the meantime, Ryan, do you have any questions? 
Uh, well, last one. Can we make multiple uh, niya, multiple intentions when praying tarawih? For instance, adding fard qada. No. Tarawih is a nafila, and the only intention for that is nafila. You cannot intend to pray fard or qada and tarawih at the same time. So you can intend, like, whatever. You can other. intend, for example, istikhara. Yeah. In it. You can intend sunnah. Uh, Things that are sunnah, such as istikhara, or that it's tahiyyat al-masjid, but you cannot intend it to be a fard or, or, or qada. All right, Menzi 20, I'm going to give you another second. 30-second countdown. 30-second hmm? countdown. countdown to Menzi 20 to put her question again because I can't find it here. We'll mention all the, uh, all the sponsors and then that's it. Let's yeah, you can give us another round and... Uh, with our sponsors that patreon.com backslash Safina Society that you're you're going to be part of this by contributing and letting us have a better podcast and a better live stream by um, we'll be able to hire more people we'll be able to bring in guests right flying them in we'll be able to fly them in right um, and and make it worth worth their time and then you're going to go to meccabooks.com and benefit from their theology section and their fiqh section. And then you're going to go and you're going to uh, look at professors1to1.com if you need tutoring, right? Uh, if you need to get good grades, if you need to take the MCAT or the LSAT or the nursing exam or anything else. All right. And then, of course, we have our own classes, pre-recorded and live, virtual myarcview.org and by the way we're going to eventually get arcview.org so that it'll just go straight to that all right menzi i didn't see your question unfortunately i wanted to answer it but i can't see it i can't find it and maybe she logged off all righty subhanakallahumma bihamdik ashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk wal asr innal insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa aminu salihat وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر والسلام